I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings Dude, that's pretty oh, cool. Man, that is good. I'm just that sad. Is sad. Wow. <laughs> Dude, that's pretty good. This is Dick Lee bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha Packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. We got a really special guest. We're, we're glad we could uh, just capture a, a sliver of this guy's time today. He's uh, a founding uh, site queue at the Helix. Uh, got to plant that shovel flag for the first time and uh, expand us a little bit further uh, north and also helped to lead the uh, Break the Cycle 200, uh, which is a, a bike ride I'm sure he'll tell us about here uh, in a little bit. Uh, just a great guy who had the chance to talk to him on a pre-run you may also wonder why he wears some uh, hosiery on uh, one of his legs, and I'm sure he'll tell us about that. But pantyhose uh, is on the gloom. So pantyhose, welcome. And uh, if you would, just start us off. Uh, who eats you? What was the first workout like? And uh, if, if guys don't know, uh, indulge us in the why'd you get the name pantyhose story. Yeah, yeah. No, perfect. Well, thanks. Thanks, fellas. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, so my first workout uh, was August 15th, 2020. And uh, I was eh by a good friend of mine, Birdman. Uh, Birdman and I know each other because uh, we have uh, sons that are the same age, go to, go to school together, played sports together, we coached together. So um, he had, it was very subtle. There, it, it wasn't, it definitely wasn't an, a headlock, I wouldn't say, but He'd mentioned a couple times um, that he was part of a, a workout group, and um, I distinctly remember one. I think it was in the spring of '20. We were standing on a ball field before a baseball game that our boys were playing in, and um, he just mentioned it. He's like, "Yeah, I work out. Yeah, I got this group of guys I work out with. It's a really great workout, but um, you know, it's even better as the guys." And I kind of pawned it off, uh, you know, a little bit. I, I was. At the time, I think I was probably a year or two into uh, what I like to call a, a boutique gym. Um, and so I, I had been doing Orange Theory, which is great. It's a great workout um, for a couple of years. And then um, in, I don't know, it must have been, I don't know, it was at some point that year, I had done something to injure myself and I'd been out of Orange Theory for a number of months and reached back out to him and said, hey, are you still doing that workout thing? And he said, yeah, you want to come? I said, yeah, let's do it. So um, so I came, the first workout was at the Oracle and uh, it was led by Sparty and it happened to be his first anniversary workout. So it was, it was a string of pearls workout and um, I remember it pretty well. It was, you know, there was a lot of running, which I, I was good with at the time. And, um, and we came back and, you know, did the spiel and got in the center of the circle. I don't think anybody told me though, you know, just to keep talking. So it was, I kind of quit talking as soon as I heard the first name roll out, which was pantyhose. And, and the reason that rolled out is because it was in August and, um, you know, everyone is wearing shorts and plague as, as you mentioned, I, I have the honor of wearing a nice piece of hosiery on my left leg. 
um, that looks like pantyhose. So um, I don't know, I can't remember who from the pact said pantyhose, but Sparty must have been feeling impatient and wanting to get the coffee or something. And he's like, your name's pantyhose. And so I left the circle, I walked back out to the, <laughs> the outside and, and that's the way it went. And I, <laughs> I think there were a couple of people that were probably worried about, is this, is this guy ever gonna come back? And we just gave him the name pantyhose. Um, but, you know, as, as you know, play, we ran enough and talked enough about it. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of a badge of honor. I, I say, I don't, I don't have to wear it. I get to wear it because the, the, the alternative could have been a hell of a lot different. So, Wait, so, so just for clarification, so you showed up and you already were wearing that piece of equipment or you just adopted it from no. that day forward? <laughs> So, no. so I, so Bodie, I wear a compression sock on my left leg just for circulation because of, uh, because of an infection I had back when I was like 20. So when I was in college, I contracted a flesh eating bacteria that resulted in me spending about two weeks in the hospital. And when I left the hospital, they had removed basically all the skin and all the flesh from essentially from my knee down to my ankle and my left leg, basically everything down to my calf muscle. And because of that, now I wear a, a, a fitted compression sock to help that helps the circulation and uh, compression. So that's, that's why. So well, you yeah. know, now I feel bad for the times that I saw you. I'm like, you know, like that's kind of gimmicky, but I guess it's cool. You're not the first and you won't be the last. So. Uh, you know, um, so for, so as you can tell in pantyhose's voice and as he's telling the story, this is not his first podcast. So <laughs> we will, uh, we will share the the link in the show notes for his uh, interview with cataracts because uh, he goes into a lot of detail uh, about the, the flesh eating bacteria, uh, which I think is, right. is a, it's a really cool story if guys have a chance to listen to that. Um, yeah. So as you came in, um, you were doing some uh, boutique uh, type fitness. Um, yeah, how, hey, how did we how did we compare to Orange Theory? <laughs> yeah, that's, well, yeah. It, it depends. I mean, the guys are okay, you know. So no, the the workouts Orange Theory workouts are great. They're great, but you get out what you put in, obviously, right? So you got slackers, you got guys that guys and gals that that uh, you know kick some tail. But you know, the biggest thing is going. I was a morning person anyway, so I was going at five o'clock in the morning there, but now I get to just go hang out with a bunch of dudes at five o'clock in the morning instead of having to deal with, and, and guys that want to be where they're at, right? They're not, they're not out because they're paying to be somewhere and they feel obligated. It's, it's, they're there because that's what they choose to do every morning and they're happy to be there. So workout wise, it, it, it compares, it's right up there, Pony. You, you made a comment that you, at the time, were into running. Have you changed your mind about running? Or are you, are you still like <laughs> No, I, I actually run a lot more now than I did then. I mean, it was, um, you know, like I said, I, I was kind of in a transition where I had stopped going there because of some injury, and um, I was at a point to get ready to go back in and wasn't really looking forward to paying 150 bucks a month to, to go back into a gym and I thought oh, I gotta I gotta give this a try and it was that that was that Saturday was great and um I couldn't wait to get back out on I think it was the next Tuesday I went back out and been coming probably 
you know, three to six times a week since then. So nice. Well, I'm, I'm sure that, uh, so I don't think you get a cool nickname with orange theory. So you, so, no. so, so then you never really got credit for the flesh eating bacteria. <laughs> You're a survivor. So I think it's, I think it's good. I think you, you won. Yes. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, so you, so you knew Birdman. Um, I look, you know, I look at you as a guy who's kind of always had uh, close male friendships or relationships, but curious as you came into the group, how did that progress from a second F perspective for you? Yeah. Um, where it progressed for me was a lot on, you know, in, in the pre-runs. So I, I wasn't a guy that could, and, and still can't to a certain extent, go to coffee a ton. Uh, just with some, you know, commitments with the kids and getting them to school and stuff in the mornings. But um, I, I think, you know, I, like I said, I started in August. I think it was probably in October at some point. I started being cognizant that when I would show up to to beatdowns that, hey, there are these guys that were, look like they, you know, they just come in from Iran. And, and I asked Birdman, and I said, hey, what's, what's with these pre-run things? And where do I get on into that? And so I think like October, November of that year is kind of when I started pre-running. And then uh, again, started just to kind of get, to kind of accelerate the fitness aspect of it a little bit, but realized pretty early on that it, it was more than just about the fitness. And that's really where a lot of the, the connections that I feel that I have within, uh, within the packs come from that, you know, 25 minutes before, before the beatdown uh, when we go on a, you know, 5k or, or five mile run or whatever it is now. Um, so that's, that's where I get a lot of my uh, second F, I, I think. And that's what's been good for me. Yeah, I will say, um, so thinking back to other podcast episodes that you were on, so, so um, we have, and you may know this, Panos, but we have a pretty big uh, listenership or a lot of followers out there. So uh, for those of you that have listened to the episode uh, with, with Chucky. Chucky ends up being the main character of that episode, but we had attempted uh, an interview with Pantyhose at that time, uh, and there was not, um, there was not any footage uh, that we could keep. So, uh, so anyway, uh, so we ran, we ran and had some good conversations. And, uh, you know, there is, to me, what, what's, what, what I love, and it's pre-running, pre-rucking, even now the pre, the pre-Smurf stuff, um, there is a lot of second F that happens there, you know, that I think we maybe underestimate, like it's, it's really not just about the, you know, the fitness aspect. Um, so thanks for pointing that out. Mm -hmm. Um, as you have been to coffee, tell me about like some of the other things like TNT or Q source, or uh, maybe just a standard coffee. How's that been? Uh, what do you think of those things? Yeah. Um, so I remember uh, Birdman, when he first started TNT, I remember him telling me about it even before he put it in play at, um, at the berm. I, I, remember, I remember coming back from Tampa and trying to explain to me what it was. I was kind of scratching my head a little bit and I was like, well, what, I don't, you know, how, how is it different? And how, you know, how will it be different? But it, the, the great thing, you know, about TNT, I think, is that it kind of, it forces you to kind of flex a little bit and be continue to be vulnerable, continue to be a little bit uncomfortable and, um, and really talk about those things that, you know, are maybe weighing on you or, or maybe weighing on others and you don't even realize that, that you have that same thing in common, right? So I think that's the great thing. You know, it's, it's more of a, um, you still get to have the coffee and that fellowship, but it's more of, you know, intentional 
conversation focused on, you know, one or two aspects of what may be going on in that person's life at that time. Um, so that's, I think that's, that's a cool thing. The other thing I, I like doing, uh, and, you know, we started doing this at the Helix was just having coffee on site, you know, cause I think there's, I think there's a lot of guys that have five minutes or maybe 10 minutes, but don't have 25 or 30 minutes. Right. So for those on-site coffees, you know, we found that we got a lot of guys sticking around and, and even so that don't even drink coffee. You know, I can remember, um, a number of guys when we launched Helix uh, stuck around and weren't drinking anything. You know, they just hung out for the fellowship. So uh, it provided, you know, an opportunity for them, you know, not to not to have to drive five or ten minutes to go have another session. So was that kind um, of born? Was that kind of born out of you saying that you had some pre-existing obligations to your kids in the morning? So <laughs> to well, say, hey, I need something for myself. Well. <laughs> no, it was born by the fact that we were planning on going to Village Inn. There's a Village Inn that's um, had a sign on it. Village Inn that's like a half mile south of the Helix, right on Maple there. That's had an opening soon sign, I think, for two years. And so when I launched the Helix, I thought, well, it's got to be opening soon. It's been an hour, right? Or I mean, it's it's been a, a year, right? And and it never happened. So we're like, we're, let's just do coffee on site. So, and I, you know, it's just like, it's just great being outside. And because the next closest place was a mile and a half away and you lose people. So, but it, Tony, it may have been a little self-serving, but it may, or, may or may not. Okay. So, so you were friends with Birdman before you started, you get into this group. Tell me about the relationship, like some of the, some of the, or did you know other guys or cause trying to just kind of get from your perspective, like, how how do we um, kind of bring you closer or deepen those relationships within F3? Yeah, so I didn't know I didn't know anyone else. I'm trying to think through now, but um, Birdman was the only one I knew, and um, and he didn't talk about it a ton. Like when he and I were together or anything, just kind of floated it out there. But there's been others that like Chucky's a prime example that Chucky and I have kids same age go to school together. Um, we probably knew of each other, but had never met. And, um, and I remember when Birdman, I think EH'd him, and that's, you know, if you haven't heard that story, you probably should, because that's, that's a pretty interesting story as well. But uh, when he EH'd him, I knew he was coming. And, um, but that relationship just fostered just out of pre-runs and beatdowns, you know, so, and, and, you know, so Chucky's probably one of the best friends I got right now. I mean, we talk probably three or four times a week, regardless of whether we're at beatdowns or not. But it's just interesting that that relationship probably wouldn't have ever happened, um, you know, if it wasn't for F3. Um, but what I, well, the other thing I find interesting is just how, how close um, and how comfortable you can get with, with people um, within the organization and how quickly those relationships can can build and, and gain trust. And, um, and, you know, we've, you know, everybody's heard this, we've talked about it, but how, how those relationships are so much tighter than folks that I've known for, for years, just because of the, the conversations we've had, the struggles we've endured together, you know, um, it just makes those relationships that much stronger. Yeah, you kind of hit on what I was going to ask, you know, you talk about this concept of a sifter, like talking about hitting on legacy friends, things like that, mm -hmm. you know, you know, curious on where you were at in terms of male community, 
uh, I guess here in Omaha, I don't know if you're from here or from anywhere else, where you were at there. And then actually, have you had the opportunity to, to kind of share this, like what you've experienced with any of those other friends, any of those legacy friends? Um, yeah, a little. So I, I grew up in, in Southeast Iowa and moved to Omaha about 17 years ago. Um, didn't, and don't, you know, didn't really have any friends out here at the time. So, um, you know, if we're talking, you know, friends and community that, that I've, that I've met in Omaha, it's, it's primarily been through, you know, where most of us meet our, our friends, either through work, uh, through, you know, church, uh, or, you know, probably most of my friends now I'm introduced to through my kids, right? <laughs> I, my kids have friends and, and then we meet their parents. Um, but uh, it, it's been interesting. I've been able to, you know, to EH some guys here at, at the office and, and kind of grow, grow that. And then what I did find out, you know, after I started F3 with there, that there's even a couple guys, um, you know, Biff for one that was that I work with, but didn't even have any idea that he was part of F3. You know, I, I've, I found out that Biff was part of F3 because I think about a week or two in, uh, an instant message popped up on my computer and it just said, Hey, pantyhose. And so I'm like, what the hell, how does he know? You know? So it's just interesting those connections you make. And then you, you know, you realize, Hey, you're, you're part of this thing too. It was, it, that was pretty cool. You, you I love that story. Actually, I had something similar with Convoy. He came up to me. Convoy used to work at the company I was at, and he, he came up and gave me a fist bump, and he said, Convoy. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> he's like, I'm Convoy. I'm like, okay, cool, man. <laughs> and he's like, no, man, I went to F3. That's my name. I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Man. Like, it's, just so, it's just so funny that uh, you had a similar experience with that. With yeah, yeah. 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 Fortunately, that. no one, no one was around my computer at the time to see, you know, why is, why is this guy putting the name pantyhose in an, in an instant message to me? You know? Yeah. Sparks some questions. I was going to say, you've kind of got a name, you know, there's a guy uh, within F3 Nation who's, he's a physician and his name is Assless Chaps. And so he, he has told his, his buddy to call me, you know, call me AC when you see me at the hospital in front of patients. Maybe you need like a, call me PH or something. I had, uh, I had a funny, funny thing the other day happen. I was talking to one of my team members that works for me and he mentioned a fitness goal and I start EHing him and he goes, Oh, is this the thing that, uh, that Ron was talking about? <laughs> which is tonight show so here you know here this guy is working he's got his manager and then his his manager's boss is bought eh number this work you know it's like a requirement to work there but yeah yeah i love it so you know curious your thought too i mean so you so uh as as more and more guys have joined um how has that led to conversations about about faith or, or has it i mean what's what's been the impact there on your uh, kind of faith journey um, yeah, it's definitely impacted it. Um, it's, it's probably helped me grow and feel more comfortable in that. Um, I, I grew up Catholic and, um, so, you know, I, I always had faith that, you know, it was always pretty, uh, pretty near to me, um, growing up and, and even, you know, through, up to now. Um, but I never talked about it like openly that much, you know, so I never, never evangelized or anything like that but um you know i can remember you know one of the probably one of the moments more recently was coming back from the impact retreat 
here um, that Birdman and Sparty put on um, last January. And, you know, I carpooled over there with, with Chucky and with Nailed It. And um, again, we, we all have kids that go to school together, but never would have envisioned myself having the conversations that we had, you know, going deep into faith and, and into our, you know, faith background and what, what, you know, what we feel and, and whatnot with though, with three guys, with two other guys wouldn't have thought that I would feel comfortable going there, you know? So I, cause I just, I was never that way. And it was kind of always uncomfortable for me. And at some point still is. Um, but, but yeah, so it was, it's helped me, you know, just the being around the guys and, and having those conversations and, you know, some of those are on runs and some of those are in workouts and some of those are at coffee you know, but just being more comfortable with those conversations and with that thought process. That's cool. What's, uh, tell us a little bit more about the impact retreat. We've had a, a few guys, so Birdman talked about it. I think, um, I can't remember if when we interviewed Sparty or Grills, if they had done that yet or not. Um, but tell, tell me a little bit more about that from your perspective. What were some of the, we've heard about guys kind of sitting in a circle and crying was a, a highlight, I think, from Birdman. Uh, what are some of the, yeah. Thanks for that. Um, well, it was it was something that I, I was just brutally honest at one point, like um, that we went at one point, we kind of talked about, well, what why are each of us here? Like, what was it that made us want to come? And and there were some guys that had been a part of a retreat, you know, a, a men's retreat or a faith based retreat like you know, like that before. I, I wasn't one of those. I had never done anything like that. Um, and so I said, well, I knew Birdman was organizing this thing. And if he was doing it, then I was going to be here, you know? So I didn't have, you know, I, I didn't know what to expect, you know, going in. Um, but <clears throat> it, it was great. I, I think the biggest, my biggest takeaway from it was really just, uh, probably just disconnecting for like two days. Um, you know, we had, and I, I, you know, some of this, I, I want to, um, I don't want to tell everything about what it was because I want guys to, to experience this for themselves and have their own journey through that. Cause I, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that we'll do it again. I think we will, but I made it a point, you know, to basically, you know, we had a lot of, um, small group exercises and then large group exercises. And, and, you know, we were staying in a, in a great facility, uh, over in Iowa and, um, you know, we were kind of like there was four or five of us together staying in a house, right? And then we would come back and we'd have small group conversations and then we'd go, the entire group would go together. But I made it a point where like anytime we were uh, in conversations, my phone stayed in like in my, the bedroom I was in. And, and so really like it was, we don't often get to truly disconnect like that. Um, and, you know, so I, I think that was the bit, my biggest takeaway was being able to take advantage of that and really think, you know, um, think and reflect on life and kind of what, you know, what are my priorities and where am I headed? And, you know, what are the, what's detracting me from, from getting there? So that, that was my biggest thing. And then, and then obviously, you know, just the fellowship, you know, hang, you know, hang out with, with the guys in the evenings and things like that. But, but that was my biggest thing. And that's what I tell guys, uh, that if, you know, if, and when we do it again, that's something that you should consider, you know, put the phone away and, um, you know, be, just be, uh, 
be cognizant of what you're doing and what you're there for. You know, much like our workouts or TNTs or any, any coffee that you're going to go to, each guy is going to take something different from, from whatever shared experience that is. So, and that's what I feel like the plague and I get hearing from these guys. It's like on that retreat, hey, you know, Birdman has his experience and what was like really meant something to him. Same with Sparty, same with Grills. And you just taking some opportunity to kind of disconnect and, you know, yeah. kind of reevaluate evaluate yourself, recalibrate your life. I mean, I think that's great. And, and you know, kind of kudos to those guys for – stepping up to the plate and trying something new um yeah you know that's promoting this leadership that's what we're trying to do and you know you kind of did the same thing with helix so i think that's a good segue into how did that come up where was your mind at were you hoping to take over an existing site how were you approached all, all the good stuff yeah um <clears throat> so i i i had kind of been talking to you know a handful of guys about taken over an existing site and so um it, at first I was just kind of honored to to be part of that conversation that folks looked at me in that way to be able to take on that responsibility and so I was looking forward to that um and then you know there were some it's, it's still kind of new into this whole thing and trying to figure out how how do we open new sites and when do we do that and how do we know where we're going I, I kind of watched Birdman open the firm and um you know that started right after i joined so i kind of saw what he was doing and and learned a little bit there and then um again my mind was just kind of focused on well yeah if i get the opportunity to take a site over then that would be awesome uh and then as we got into i think it was you know early you know into 2021 like spring of 21 there was conversations about you know that's when our expansion happens and we open sites and um you know i remember couple of different guys asked me, hey, would you be interested in, in launching a site? And, you know, I was, I was kind of taken aback a little bit because I was like, yeah, that, that'd be awesome. But are you sure <laughs> you, you want me to launch a site? You know, why, why don't I just take over an existing one? And, and, uh, and so we, there were some things I needed to work around as far as schedule. And there were certain days that worked for me and days that didn't work for me. And that was one of the things that was good about taking over an existing site was that that site was going to work well for my schedule. But in the end, the, you know, the opportunity came and, um, you know, was able to, to work with the leadership to, to really get a location and then plant, you know, plant the Helix. Uh, and it, it was great. It was, it was a great experience and um, pretty awesome to be able to, to, you know, to find a place to kind of, um, you know, come up with the name and, and kind of set the tone on what that place would represent to, you know, to the packs and to the community. And so all in all, it was, it was great. So it was, it was an yeah, opportunity so, that I was really help, uh, happy for. Yes. Uh, so what kind of went behind looking for the site? What did you have in mind? And then the name Helix, what does what that stand for? Yeah. So we had, I think, I think Plague and Tater and I had a number of conversations about sites and, um, you know, it was always interesting to hear their commentary about, well, you think about this you think about that and we, i remember like i remember we had i think we had a site picked out and i was really happy because there was some history at this site and i knew what name i wanted for it i was like oh this is it this has to be it and then uh play i can't remember if it was you or if it was tater that said yeah there's this is a great site but there's some houses that are really close and i and i, was, I looked at the map i was like oh yeah you're right there are that, that probably wouldn't go over too well 
So ultimately, <clears throat> we landed at Hillsborough Park at the Helix. And uh, as I was, I struggled for a long time on how to come up with a name because there was, there wasn't any history there. And so I kept coming back to what, you know, what has F3 meant to me and, um, you know, what did the, what did the, the packs mean to me? And, um, and so the, I kept coming back to the word perseverance and, um, and that was, it's kind of always been something that's in my mind, uh, just in life, you know, just with some of the upbringing that I've had, you know, always, you always persevere, you just don't give up. And so, um, you know, you're kind of looking for symbols that stand for that. And um, I came across the helix and, you know, the helix is probably most known for DNA, right? Double helix. And, and so it's something that's in all of us, right? And, and all of us, I feel, persevere in, in some way or another, right? So that's kind of how the, how the helix was born, was that in, in, the, in the sense of perseverance and, um, you know, never give up and just always, always persevere. I love that. And uh, I, I love the, the story about having your site picked out and, and what, what goes through that because we just did a Murph, uh, Plague and I did with, our, with a group of guys on Tuesday. And it, the scenario reminded me of like when you're skateboarding or something, you always go like, oh, that's a sweet spot. So like I, I could skate that spot. Well, we're doing a Murph here. And he's like, oh my God, I can't wait to plant a flag here. Like this is the spot. I can't believe there's not a site here already. So that's just, yeah, just funny to see what, what kind of goes into it. And yeah. How your, how your vision kind of changes. I was just looking at that and to clarify, it was Tater that called out the house of it at the, uh, <laughs> Picati, Picati Park, where we, uh, that's right, that's right, um, you, you don't want that, you don't, you don't want to be the one that tarnished that, is that's, that's why you need to get that out there. That's right, the, the people yeah. need to know, uh, no, and, and maybe, you know, we still haven't got Tater on the podcast, so we got to take every chance, <laughs> just kind of see if he's still listening. Yeah, there you go. You know what I love, too, is, you know, just kind of thinking about the, the timelessness uh, that a name should have, right? It, it shouldn't, you know, we didn't want to call it like uh, Pantyhose Express or something that's attached <laughs> to you. And I think you, you did a good job coming up with something that um, every time I, I remember hearing you tell that story at the launch and then also again, um, and guys really latched onto that, I think. And it made yeah. a really good shirt too, man. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, kudos to you on that. What? Yeah. Tell me a little bit, you know, so you're... Um, here you are, you know, you're the CEO of like a fortune 100 company. Um, so you know about leadership, right? Uh, and, uh, check them out on LinkedIn folks. Uh, but anyway, so, but you're in a, you're in a leadership role, right? At a very big company in town and you know about leadership and, and our goal in F3 is to reinvigorate male community leadership. Right. So right. how did, what was your, like, what do you feel like you learned or, or were you able to learn or was the site Q role, um, more of a like giving it away type of thing. What was your experience throughout that? Um, that's a good, that's a good question, Plague. Um, I think, I mean, the, the, one of the things I, I guess felt early on was just the, um, the sense of confidence that I guess that F3 Omaha, like the, the leadership had in me, um, you know, cause that's something that, I don't know, I, I guess, you know, growing up and, and going through life, there's, there's times where you kind of question your own judgment and, you know, wonder, has this, is this right? Or is this wrong? And so just seeing that, that guys that I look up to um, recognize that, you know, I have leadership characteristics and, um, you know, could, 
could take this and run with it is goes a long ways, you know. And so it's something that I try to instill into, you know, coworkers of mine, um, whether that's, you know, guys that are, you know, have are senior to me or or people that are junior to me here at, at work is like just making sure that uh, I think a lot about you don't have to be in a leadership position to lead. And and that's often misunderstood and and not said enough, but you know, leave from where you are and make sure that when people exhibit leadership that that they're recognized for it and that they understand that they're being noticed. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, again, being noticed is is a, a good pat on the back and helps people continue to accelerate. And so that's one thing that's helped me uh, along the way and be be confident in, in the feelings and the beliefs that you have. And um, you're not going to please everyone. But, you know, if you're sure about yourself, um, take the next step forward and go for it. That's, that's phenomenal. And, and so we just had interviewed TC and, and he made a similar comment and he kind of referred to the F3 definition of exhortation, which is like encouragement on steroids. <laughs> and after talking with him and then I listened to it again and I, I realized that I'm not very good at that. Like I, I really need to work on just being encouraging, you know, so I've been trying to yeah. reach out. Um, what's interesting is like when you encourage other people, it feels really good. Uh, like as the person doing the encouraging. So, uh, you know, TC's challenge was try to encourage somebody, like try to, try to encourage somebody too much, like see if they tell you to stop. Uh, <laughs> um, and he kind of said, you know, if it happened, it would be really funny. And like, it probably won't happen because people like to be like to, to be recognized and, and encouraged, especially if it's meaningful. Um, yeah. Love that. Yep. What about um, just other other pieces of the site cube role? Do you feel like, uh, you know, did you have anything that you were really um, like aiming to do, like getting VQs or, you know, exploring the site? I know it's, it's a beautiful site with a, lots of room for it. <laughs> yeah, so one of the things, um, one of the things that, that I, the goal, one of my goals that I was able to accomplish was I wanted to have and, and this isn't original and very few of my thoughts are original, but I, something I think I stole from maybe from grills um, is to have someone unique each week uh, at, at the helix at the, on the queue. And um, I think I, I looked at this when we passed the flag, I think in the 52 weeks, I think we had 49 uh, different queues there. So um, we had a couple people double up, but, but that was one of the goals. And I wanted to just, you know, um, give kind of give a lot of different people an opportunity to come out and lead. And, um, you know, so it would have been easy to have some of my probably closest packs, you know, repeat, you know, every so often, but, and, and, you know, the tough part about that was there were some times I had to tell guys, no, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, this is kind of a goal I'm trying to do. Uh, one of those may be on this call right now that maybe got declined for a second queue, but um, uh, but yeah, so we were able to do that, and and so that was that was pretty awesome, I think. You just ghosted me though. You didn't tell me why. You just ghosted me, man. Yeah. I'm still waiting to hear back. Can I queue at the? I'll have to I can put, I can put you in contact with with the site queue if you're trying to get on there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Um, 
Yeah, and you you know that's a unique part of town too that we hadn't really been in. So I think you you attracted some guides from that uh, that area, which was really fantastic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, what, what else about uh, you know kind of leadership? I think we we like to give you a chance to give advice maybe to or, or encouragement to you know future packs or, or FNGs or site queues. What um, what's on that list that kind of must do or, or things that guys should be thinking about? Yeah, I I think. Um, you know, as, as far as FNGs go, I would, I would say a couple of things. The first thing I'd say is you got to give it, you've got to give it like four or five workouts. I think you can't, you can't just come once and, and think that's what it is because there's so much variability, whether it's, you know, the site, whether it's the queue that day, whether there was six, six guys there or 45. So I would say be, you know, even if you, weren't um, completely happy with your first post, um, give it another shot and give yourself a handful of posts before you decide it's not for you. Um, one of the things I can remember doing when I first started was, you know, look, and it was a lot easier two years ago than it is now, but <clears throat> looking through all the Nameramas and, and that how much that really helped uh, get to know guys, right? And, and learn, who, you know, you've kind of got your regulars that post at their regular locations, getting to know who those guys are and what their names are. And so that's the other thing I would say is watch, watch the Nameramas uh, and at least the Nameramas that are in your area, right? It's, it's hard to watch. Like we're up to, we're up to 49 now. Is that what I heard this morning, Clegg? Well, it's 53, but we, we technically count the Murph scientists too. Uh, so, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You've got the roaming AO. So it's, you know, 52. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I would say. And then, you know, for us veterans, I guess, um, you know, it's important to make sure that we're le leaning out or reaching out to the FNGs and the newer guys. Um, uh, and, you know, we all have been part of some sort of text that we probably didn't expect to be on where someone recognized us and we're, you know, we're kind of like, who, how, how does this person know me? Right. And, um, and that, that feels really good. Like, you know, there's, there's no other way to say it, you know, cause you think you're, you're at a workout, you're new, you're part of 20 guys. You think that two guys know you there and, um, and recognize you. And as it turns out that there's other guys that are, that are taking note. So, you know, for those of us that are around that have been around for a while, it's, that's what I would say, make sure that, that we keep that culture that we've all known. Um, and as we grow and, um, you know, a year from now, it's going to look a hell of a lot different than it does now. So it's, it's on us to make sure that the culture doesn't change, you know, because that's why it is the way it is now. And that's why guys are so apt to keep coming out. You know, I kind of, I love that challenge for the, for the vets, right. You know, part of why we were doing this podcast was to talk to, uh, you know, obviously established guys that had had some form of leadership role, just to hear their stories. Um, we were seeing an influx of new guys coming in, but then, you know, there's also the dip, right? The guys that have been in, they've maybe been in a leadership role and have stepped away, found a successor. And, you know, sometimes they phase out um, or, you know, their involvement dips, right? Um, I guess what has been your experience uh, since kind of, you know, finding a successor and, and stepping away from your size mm -hmm. and the site queue 
I mean, mine, I, you know, I went from posting three to four times a week to post once. Uh, I, I will say, whatever. <laughs> I do have a kid. So that's, that's my excuse. I got a newborn kid. So I, I don't feel too bad about it. I, Pony, I thought you were going to say you just traded that time to try to finish uh, free to lead. You still working on that? <laughs> you know what? Uh, <laughs> I finished it and no one can take that away from me. <laughs> It take, I'm not going to say how long it took me to read it, but I did finish it. <laughs> and you're a lawyer. You read all day. That's like, I don't get it. All right. Yeah. All right. I, I've, I've led us off course. So um, since passing the shovel, so it was hard. At first, it was kind of hard to think about. Like, I, I think I would have just stayed on. Uh, and, you know, not that we have to pass the flag, but that's kind of just the, the nature, right? And let someone else step in. So, um, you know, Truly's been doing a pretty good job. Uh, yeah, I think the other day he had 30 plus guys there and I was kind of thinking to myself, well, hell, maybe I should have passed the flag to him six months ago, you know, if that's the case. But I, I think what was interesting is there, you know, like I said, it was, it was kind of a hard transition. Uh, it was hard to think about early on because, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed being there. I enjoyed bringing coffee and, and, kind of taking the ownership of that, but, you know, something happened like, um, you know, probably even like the couple of weeks leading up and then in the weeks since then that there's, there's a feeling that, you know, came over that it's like, no, this is the right thing and he's doing great. And I think it helped me kind of understand that, you know, it was the right, he was the right guy and, uh, and that was the right choice to, to make. So it's been good. It's kind of cool to, to, to see that and just to kind of step back and look at it from a little bit different perspective now, you know, you kind of look at it a little bit more from the outside in. So it's been, it's been fun. It's been good. It's definitely interesting to hear people's different perspectives, right? Cause you get some guys uh, that won't be named that are probably relieved to pass it on. Uh, some guys that are, uh, you know, dealing with a new sense of, Hey, I did kind of start this thing and I want to make sure it continues to be good. And then you've got people yeah. like plague that, never want to let it go and they regret passing it up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, um, I, I love that. I think, you know, it's interesting, I guess. So when you handed off the, the shovel flag, is Chucky still mowing the grass there at the, at, at he, the well, he, he mows his patch. Okay. Know, Got it. Oh. A little four by four, four square that he works out on. He maintains stuff. That was right. part of the agreement. That's good. No, I love it. Um, you know, I think as, as we're continuing to grow too, I think um, retention is, is huge, right? When you look at numbers over time, um, we've got a lot of guys that have posted one time, you know, it's like 1500 guys, but active packs, maybe two, 300, maybe. Um, so like where are the other 1200 guys that have been, been one time? They're not all at the CrossFit gym, right? They're not all in Orange Theory. Some of them are, are back to their couch and they're, the, they're sadder clowns than they were before they came. So, you know, I think there's some, some strategies and tactics we can put in place uh, in the future to do that. I do, um, I like hearing uh, your, your, your most favorite and your least favorite exercise. It's becoming more popular. We, we kind of had that question that we got rid of it, but, but the listeners are asking. Uh, so indulge us. What are, what are your, uh, your most favorite and your least favorite exercise? You'll have to follow up with me and let me know which listeners are asking. <laughs> I think you got to have listeners to ask any questions. <laughs> oh, okay. So um, honey, honey Stinger, it's Honey Stinger. He's the one that wants to know. He, 
Um, gosh, that's tough. But you know, my go-to for for Mary or for Core is Flutter Kicks. I think it's because um, I I remember doing that. I I went I was in basic training and I remember doing those a lot in basic training. So I feel like I'm really really good at them. That's my favorite. Uh, least favorite, I think I'm probably on the khakis boat on this one on hydraulic squats. I don't like them. Okay, adding a check mark to that column. That's still the winner. Uh, were you yeah. were you in the military? I was. I, I was in the National Guard for six years. Oh man, how did you miss that in your story? Okay, yeah, I don't know. It'll have to be episode two. Episode two. Hey, I'm. I'm <laughs> we, uh, we're looking to pass the shovel flag for the podcast if you're if you're interested. Um, yeah, these well, are you know, these, these are actually triathlons. So, <laughs> love it. It's a pretty uh, good submission on your end. Yeah, the, the last question, and this one I really have to give, uh, give Pony um, props for, because this is really just, just his heart, uh, not mine. But, but we do want to know, what's, um, when we see you in the gloom, uh, how can we encourage you? How can we be praying for you? What, what do you need uh, encouragement for? Um, boy, that's tough. I, I, think, um, I think I just need encouragement for patience I think sometimes I, I think one one of the gestures I have is probably impatience and and uh, one of the things that I think and I don't think this is just me I think a lot of us struggle with is probably uh, being kind to the people that we're closest to and oftentimes I think to myself that I'm I'm a hell of a lot nicer to the guys I see it 4:30 and 5:30 every morning um, sometimes than I am to the people that are in the four walls of my house. And I, I think there's probably a lot of us that could probably agree with that or maybe say the same thing. And so uh, that's one thing I'm, it's heavy on me right now that I've been thinking a lot about is, is just kind of making sure I'm kindest to the people that are closest. Perfect, man. I, I love it. Yeah. Uh, like to take us out at a, a name-a-rama. Um, featuring uh, virtual fist bumps here. So I'll, I'll start us off. Uh, Brandon Fleet Hardy, 36, The Plague. The Plague. John Woodworth, 30, Pony Express. Way. Pony Express. Matt McConville, 41, Pantyhose. Pantyhose. Do you do like a snap? Like a, like you're snapping the pantyhose? I haven't figured one out yet. I mean, I, you know, you could do this, but then, you know, that just doesn't look right. G-String, he's got a snap. They do snap after his. Maybe we need to, all right. 